What's up, Ron Browse has joined us. I just sent him the thing. There you go. What's up, bro? How you doing? What's up? Yo, what up? What's good? What's going Peace. on, How good brother? Chilling, chilling, man. Yo, good looking, Will. We appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule to connect with us. No problem, man. That's, that's what I'm here for. Yo, that's so right. let's 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 get right to it. Harlem, right? So you you from you from the era where Harlem really had it popping when it was Cam, Mace, Jim. Jewels, Bathgate was doing his thing. Case Lane mm. was his joint on the mixtape circuit. Rest in peace, Big Al. You know, who and what inspired you to get into music? Um, the, I, you, know, I, you know, it was a coincidence that, you know, it's a documentary on um, Ralph McDaniels right now. Mm. But that's kind of like, I, you know, going home watching video music box seeing all the videos and just kind of got inspired from there and I, I wanted to know you know how they did how they wrote songs how the beats was made and at 12 at 12 years old I got signed to uh, Kevin Childs mm -hmm. I was got signed to Kevin Childs and I was like 92 I was mm -hmm. 12 and then Kev got incarcerated at, in 94 and I got on the phone, I, on a jail call, I'm like, yo, where the equipment at? <laughs> equipment, and then I kind of got a drum machine and started teaching myself how to make beats. And that's how the journey of the, being a producer had came about. So it kind of happened by accident. Okay. Kevin Charles, a Harlem legend too. Yes, yes. That's what's up. Oh, were, you, were, you, were you always an MC? That's what I want to be at first. Okay. But like I just said, I was signed to Kev as an artist. As an artist, all right, not a producer. You did say that's right. But then when they got incarcerated, I got the equipment, and then I started teaching myself how to make beats. So, so how'd you end up getting a placement for Big L's album? Um, long story short, that you know, at the beginning stages of making beats, um, I was outside one day, and Big L just happened to just walk past the block. Wow. And walk past the block. And as he passed us, me and my guy, he passed us, and then my man like, yo, like, yo, that's hell. You know, at that time, I'm loaded with a bunch of beats. I'm just making beats for, you know, my friends and people in the hood. So we, like, we called him back, like, yo. I was like, yo, I got some beats, like, for real. So, you know, he came upstairs, and the first beat I played on was, which became Ebonics. Oh, okay. Yeah, All right. yeah how about that? So he, right, he, first joint. <laughs> he took the Ebonics beat and then he was like, yo, I need to hear how it sounds. Can I come record? And I ain't had no, it was, I ain't had no pro tools or nothing at the time. So I'm like, yo, it's a one-shot deal on the tape. He, like, <laughs> <laughs> he, record, he gotta go. That's it. He recorded it and then like a week later, it's like he tried to deal with um fat beats. Hmm. And we went in the studio and did and cut it, cut the record for real. Oh yeah, that's that's crazy. What was it like working with Big Al? It was the funny thing at, when I told you the earlier years of um, rapping mm -hmm. with Kev. We had did a show with, him. and I seen him tear. We, he like went before us, and I remember him tearing the joint up. Like, and we like we and my friends were like, yeah, we gotta go after that. Like, yeah. I mean, because he would go out and crowd freestyle. Do it right here. He had that. He had that. that he had that flow. So um, after that, 
like meeting him, it was just like uh, like it, it, it was it was fun. It was very humbling because he was he was trying to get back on. Mm, right. So we got to take the train. And I, had, I had to carry the equipment on the train, stuff like that. He'd come to the crib, play cards, joke around. It was one funny. He was telling us about how he broke up with his girl one time. Like, he, but it was like funny. He was being funny about it. So he was real. He, he was real, like joking, funny. You know, the, the memories I hanging out with him and stuff. And he had, he had me, and like in a small bit of time of meeting, we he just was just bringing me to a lot of like studios, like studios, house studios, mm. records. You know what I mean? Yeah. Damn, like, yo, I, I wonder sometimes, like, you know, because Big L to me was, like, one of the illest dudes to ever do it. Like, if Hattie wouldn't have, you know, passed away or had his life wasn't taken from him, like, his potential was just, like, unmatched. Like, he was just, mm-hmm. yeah, like, I, I'm just thinking, like, like even back from the Big L days when, you know, like, before he even put the first album out when he had The, the Devil's Son, like, them, yeah. them joints playing on Stretch and Bobbito and him on finesse album and showing ag album like that dude's potential was like unmatched very unmatched he, his, his skill level was way be, way beyond his time yeah. man, way beyond his time yeah, but you said you, you 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 had a, a call from jail you asked where the equipment was or what yeah where the equipment was so what inspired you to become a producer was it someone that influenced you and you said you know what? i'm gonna try that shit um the funny thing is when like i'm still in the group and we had a producer, and I just thought the beast wasn't fire. I, I learned. Who's the Who's the producer? Who's the producer? <laughs> <laughs> I ain't gonna say it. it, it ain't Put them on But I was like, yo, if I can, if they like, we used to, we, we, we used to hang out with Kev like in different spots, and he had right. to quit. In the, in the uh, places he used to let us hang out. Mm-hmm. I used to, you know, like, damn, if I could figure this out. I could kill that shit. Yeah. <laughs> so shout out, like, we even got um, beats from Bink. Oh, okay. That's okay. Like, so that's when I was like, I knew it was different scale, uh, skill set levels. Like, oh, like, these joints now. Now this is... <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Bink. Oh, yeah, I got a beat from Showbiz one time. Okay. Okay. Pick something for us. And then I was kind of like, oh, I, I, it's kind of like you young, so you know what's happening and like what people like. Right. In our age bracket at the time. So I'm like, you know, if I could just figure out how to do it, I, I can make it some better <laughs> beats and stuff like that. What yeah, was it? MPC or SP12? It was the MPC. MPC. I'm the, I'm the MPC, all right. The 12th, before me. Okay. Um, yo, the other thing I wanted, to, I wanted to say to you is like, you're one of the few people who, who I've actually seen use auto tune correctly and use it effectively. Like, <laughs> absolutely. Like, yo, auto auto tune has become sort of like a staple in like a lot of your a lot of your hit records. And I've seen some people attempt to use auto tune and butcher it. Can you talk a little bit about like just I guess the a, a producers? comfort level with actually playing with sounds and knowing how to play with sounds correctly I, the funny thing you, the funny thing you said that is i used it wrong mm. it, was, it was wrong so what happened was i was like pain was running around but then when i seen 50 do it i was like 
he kind of killed that on I'm a rider. I said, mm-hmm. I said, if I get it, I'm gonna do some like some uptown type of party record. Oh, right, right. And, it, and I'm messing around with it. I'm like, it's not. I thought you could just, you know, put the plug in and go with any beat. Mm-hmm. Now I gotta be in key. So that's why I pop champagne. You hear the, just the drums at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The drums. I'm like, oh, I can hear myself. Side, this sounds cool and then the other instruments came later on pop champagne but at the beginning when it's playing on the radio one of my engineers called me he said you're wrong yo it's out of key i said yo it's too late <laughs> playing every day on the radio shout out to my man keith you know my man keith is like you're wrong it's out of key because he's you know technically Right. Uh, yeah, yeah. He's like, yo, it's time to say, yo, bro, this record playing every day on the radio. It was over. Yo, yo, we, we, we was talking to Austin. It's from Heat Makers, and we having like a, a similar discussion around that. And I was saying that I think that what I see sometimes is that there are some producers that have a tendency to overproduce records. Yeah. And I think that they overproduce records for that reason because they start thinking about mathematically what sounds good what's in key, instead of going off a feeling. Like for you, you probably just heard it and was like, damn, this sound hot. I'm gonna yeah, yeah. with it. And people felt that, like, yo, this song. And it, it became a number one record. And then, even with A-Rap money, I was just blurting stuff out with, I was like, I, I was listening to the auto-tune and I'm like, yo, this sound Arabic. So I started doing funny noises and stuff like that. <laughs> I thought it was so, I thought it was so left. I just tucked it away. So, I remember Buster was like, yo, I need a beat, like, right after Pop. He said, I need something crazy. That bounce is perfect for them. You know, when you make the BCDs, I think it was like, I put it like number 17, because I, I was like, yo, people gonna think I'm bugged out they hear this. <laughs> and yo, that's my single. I don't know what you're saying on that. Look, that's my single. And, and I remember being in the studio with Jim and he was like yo you gave A-Rap money away I said yeah I gave, like, he said that was your that was the heater <laughs> but you know, you know they, something though they gave you, that I mean, it, it landed in good hands because Buster yeah. did well by it yeah like I, I tell people I said Buster had the marketing plan behind it I wouldn't have had yeah. the marketing plan and he had a dance to it and all that I probably would have just you know, been regular with it, but he had a whole marketing scheme, and I was like, and a whole rollout for that. Yeah, yeah it, it, it was better and seems than Yeah, but that that goes back to what I was saying though about like the ability to take risks and being comfortable with taking risks, like even just playing with the hook and the sounds and stuff yeah. like that. You know, how hard is it for a producer to kind of step out of the box and do those different kind of things? Yeah, you get it takes. You can't. You can't care. You got. Right. They got to be a feeling. And just don't care, like yo. To be uh the courage to be different. Like I'm about to I did it, I was like, yo, I'm bugging out. Like I'm telling myself that, like, yo, you really crazy. So I tucked it away. I said, yo, people gonna think I'm bugged out. But then when he busted her, he's like, that joint's a smash. I was gonna ask you, man, because it's just as many, it's just as many producers today as they are rappers. So what separates yourself from other producers? I get busy, I can rap. That's the truth. I I, I can rap with the auto-tune, without it. I can get melodic. I like your boom, your boom baps. I love your boom baps. Like, 
the new joint, Cough Up the Ice. Yeah. Uh, Cough Up the Ice shit is like, yeah, I put that on my playlist instantly, son. Instantly. That's where I'm from, though. Like, people, like, people get confused of uh, me as an artist and, like, the pop champagne, the Gemini. Right. But I did Ebonics, I did Ether, I did I Whip Your Head Boy. Yeah, I whip your head, boy. Woo. Yo, you know, you know something? Every, of course, everybody knows the ether, the um Arab money. But I didn't, yo, I didn't know that you did um I get crazy for Nicki Minaj. Oh, get crazy, yeah. Yo, I'm and and blow it, I, blow yo, it for Luda. Nicki Minaj. He did Luda shit like, too. <laughs> yeah, I read somewhere with Nicki Minaj said that's like one of her least favorite songs. Like, yo, to me. Once, once I found that, I'm like, all right, Ron Browns, it makes sense because it kind of got that Harlem feel to to it, like that getting light shit, like the kids is doing. I'm like, yo, that that's crazy. That's where it came from. Though. That's where energy came from, and she heard it and she did what she did. That was one of her most. It was it's one of her most popular records. That's yo, and that's why I'm funny because I read somewhere where she was like, that's like her least favorite record with Lil Wayne. I'm like, yo, that's like one of your better records with Lil Wayne. Like that to me, I don't know why she didn't go harder. Maybe okay. she, she, she kind of got busy on that. Wayne was at the end, mm-hmm. but she heard Big Body like two full verses before he comes in. Probably like she's saying like with him, a record oh, with him. Yeah. yeah. So how'd you, how'd you, how'd those opportunities come about? How'd you end up linking with her? Well, it was, I know it was early on in her career, so she was much more accessible. This is people at the, the beginning of their grind. Mm-hmm. And I'm out, I'm making noise as a producer, so. You know, to get your Ron Brown's beat at that time is like, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Let me get that. Let me get that. You know, and at that time, it was, it was you had to be, be getting busy for people to even kind of take a listen to your beats. Like, it was a few of them. Lee Austin's, Bink, uh, Top Five, um, My Man Needles. And there was a bunch of us just, you know, getting on a bunch of projects. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, yeah I, I, ran, I ran through Spotify real quick, and my brother, you got like two billion singles on there, son. And that like single, single after single after single after single. How important is artist development? Um, Because nowadays, you know, people can... They can they can email you a track. You gotta be however you do it. You put it together. But I've always tend to think quality music comes from when you're in the studio with the artist. You can hear their sound. They can hear your sound. Y'all can collaborate. Y'all can come up with an idea, a better way of doing it. I think that's the best way to make music. But nowadays, you can stream it, send it. It's out there. It don't matter how it sounds or who gives a fuck. So how important is? artist development that's important because some artists don't they don't even be knowing like they they move around like some artists they go to the studio and i'm like yo where your files at i don't know carry the hard drive get your masters you go record over here and then they're like yo i can't get my vocals hard drive when you finish put your session on there take it with you that's your master like some people record and then they fall out with the studio and the studio like yo you ain't getting your song yo <laughs> now, you know it's a lot of different little things that i be trying to tell artists but a lot of artists sometimes are leading us early 
or they just think they know what they're doing. And I tell people all the time, Michael Jordan had a coach. Yeah, absolutely right. That's right. Tyson had that's a right. coach. So you can be nice, but you need somebody in your corner like, nah, that's don't do that. Yo, I think this is a better way to do it. Or you know what I'm saying? It's yeah. definitely, you know, I, I you, you always be able to learn and not be afraid to learn from people. Mm. Yep. What did you What did you learn about production? And I, and I want to say the music business from in between producing for Big Al on the Big Picture to getting the next placement, Ethan on Stillmatic. What did you learn in that time period? Good, good question. Um, very good question. When I did the Big Al Junch, right? Now we know Big Al passes away. Mm -hmm. I'm regular. I'm still outside, like. Like, you know, fuck damn fucked up, it's the next play. So I, now the record gold. I'm like, oh shit, gold, okay. But I'm still not, so I'm not shout out to my man, um, Derek. My man Derek said, you're wrong, you gotta get away, you got it. The record go. You got points, publishing, you got book. I said, what, what are these things? <laughs> they got me a lawyer. And I, I started to learn all oh, the publishing splits, points. Mm. So from right there, started from right there, then I'm like, oh, okay, moving forward. Now I know what these things are and what to to look out for. Like I had a bunch of a bunch of money out there I didn't know because I was like, I don't know. Mm. Right. So right after that, I learned it with the bigger stuff. I learned this. So moving forward, I knew doing the ether, you know, about the splits. Who was rightfully mine and mm. how to get paid and what to get paid on and all of that. So it was more easier for me once I stepped into the artist part. I already knew how things was going. Yeah. Like, you can't jerk me. Yeah. <laughs> yo, yo, is it true that you try to get that Eat the Beat to Jay Z first? Yeah, that's, just, that's a fact. Um, shout out to hip hop. You know, I, I, one of my guys, my man Doug, is mutual friends with hip hop. You know, he used to smoke and all that together. And he's like, yo, I guess he's like, yo, we going, I'm going to take you to Raw House, man. So he comes. And Ethan was one of those beats I played for everybody. Shout out to uh, my man T-Rex. At the time, T-Rex had did a demo to it. Work? Wow. It all the time for people. Yo, you want to hear beat? Just play it. <laughs> and um, so he came. Yo, you wanna hear beats? I right, play this beat right here, bump. And I remember putting putting on CD like, yo, you know, get us to Jay, man. Please, something, let him hear it. Now, he probably went outside through that. Shit. <laughs> 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 so, I, I guess in Ether, I mean, Ether was happy because at the time you had to have a name, and we gave the beat CD to uh, his travel agent. Because if you was an A-list artist, you wasn't just taking beats from anybody. Mm -hmm. so That's like, right. Oh, please, like, yo, can you, if you got a doorman, a sister, bro, yo, please, fast. So we gave it to the travel agent, and Ethan was probably, like, number 17, again, on the beat CD. Mm -hmm. And I got a call from him, like, yo. No, they called me, like, yo, he picked one. And I'm like, oh, yeah, all right. Who, the travel agent called you? No, after she gave him the CD. Oh, okay. I call like yo, now I pick one of the joints. I'm like, yeah, I, I ain't really believe it. <laughs> it went to 2000. Nas, I get a call from Nas, yo, he wants you to come to the studio and listen to the joint. 
So I'm like, I'm thinking it's a street record. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, it should be a regular street record. Him talking. Oh, then when I hear the FJZ, I was like, <laughs> time out. I didn't put that there. <laughs> oh, I said, oh, this is different right here. And then um, the, the rest was history, man. That record was it's arguably one of the best disc records in yeah, for sure. You know something, though? I always felt like, to me, so Ether helped catapult your career. But to me, I also feel like Ether was throwing Nas a lifeline when Jay-Z kind of had him on yeah, the ropes. On the ropes. And, I, That's and right. I often wonder, like, you know, like, from, you know, and I don't know what your relationship is like with him. Like, did he ever kind of get that, that nod, like, yo, good looking? Or was or was it him running it back on God's son, the last real... You know, like, yo, after that, he was like, I'm going to get you on another project. And that's how they last thing I live happened. He got me, he, he, I definitely got on gossip. Yeah. Because I, I do I do feel like, you know, like, for as much as it did for you, like, it was, to me, it was kind of like a defining moment in his career when everybody was waiting to see what kind of moves he was going to make, how he was going to retaliate. And then when he came back with that, it was like, okay, all right, so now we got, we got Illmatic Nas, Back, yeah. Like, yeah, and it just the anticipation. I remember hearing K Slate pay, play it first, and I remember the city mm-hmm. stop. The city stop. stop. Hot ninety seven playing that and take over back to back, and it was like that. That yo, that had to be a moment for you. Yeah, that was the function was up. Crazy <laughs> spins. It was crazy spins when he was playing that man. He played that back to back for months. <laughs> Yo, I'm sure after that though, you probably got all kind of. Now it wasn't about you taking a BCD to somebody. It was probably people knocking on your door for a track. <laughs> and no, no, it didn't really happen like that. Uh, I was, uh, cause at that time New York nightlife was crazy. Right. So my manager Fuzz at the time was like, "Yo, you gotta go out. You gotta go out. Nobody don't know who you are. They don't know you did it. They probably like." know the name but they don't know who did it so we just be at nightlife like yo this is and they like yo oh like i was looking for you or whatever yo and we make connections and that's when i i got to work with you know um fat joe around that time Lil kim Ludacris, a uh, bunch of people at that time they, they like yo let me get let me get some ether right. <laughs> i got it for you <laughs> Gotcha. I got it for you, for real. That joint you did with Luda was dope too, man. That blow it. That was, that was that was a nice joint. Another joint that I like you did with Vado called Used to Love. Now, I'm partial with that one because you work with my uncle, Demetrius behind the lens. He shot that video for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's my that's my young uncle. I'm about 17 years older than him, but he's a he's a pretty bright guy, man. How how did you link up with Demetrius? Oh, I think I'd gone to one of those interviews up there. Oh, at the, at the Matrix or something? Yeah, the Matrix, and we kind of connected. And he's like, yo, I'll shoot joints. And when I got him, I'm, not when I got him, when, I, when we linked up, we kind of just connected. You know, yeah. so to connect with, and he was very down to earth, talk and all that. And Good we had the same vision. Right. Queen and stuff like that. So he was you know, very um, supportive to it. And did, he just liked what I was doing at the time. And he did a, yeah. uh, like two or three videos for me. Uh, yeah, he did uh, He did Shake. Shake, yeah, yeah. And all, all the people them joints. 
Yeah, he loved them joint, and he did the paper joint with uh, Pretty V too. And y'all was on, y'all was on Burke Avenue on doing that one too, son. <laughs> <laughs> the paper, cause we waited, we went to go get up like Pretty V had, like yo, I'm in the city, let's link. I right. Said, nah, let's shoot a video. Like let's pull up. <laughs> hey, whatever. I'm in town for today. Sound like yo, I'm calling Demetrius. We waiting for Demetrius to come out. Demetrius taking man off. So I just like, yeah, yeah. He on his Virgo chin, cleaning up. <laughs> yeah. He like, where we gonna shoot it? Shoot it at? We like, right here. I don't know. Just <laughs> against time is getting dark. So I'm like, yo, I'm gonna set the camera up and do it myself. And then like, soon as I'm about to press record, Demetrius. Runs outside like, nah, I got it, I got it, I got it. <laughs> you know what? I would have pushed that video that day, too. I know that. Mm. Shout out to Demetrius, man. He's a good guy, man. Man, you had a um, you had a deal with Universal, right? Yeah. So what ended up happening with the deal with um, Universal that made you say, nah, you don't want to move forward with them? All right, to keep it a buck, shout out to... um. Motown, because uh, they definitely gave me my deal. I went to Motown because at the time, you know, Pop Champagne was ringing off. I got a call from all the ladies. But at that time, I felt I was locked. I was loaded. I'm ready for an album. I'm, I'm, I got an album ready. So they was the only ones like, yo, we're going to give you an album deal. Other ladies like single deal, single deal. I said, nah, I got a whole clip. I want to put a whole project out. So we, I went with them and, uh, Pop Champagne was doing good. Then Jumping Out the Window was doing good. Then they was telling me something about record research. I guess, like, you know how your record is doing in each region. Mm -hmm. Right. A lot, too. Like, Pop Champagne was huge, but in certain markets, they'd be like, oh, we don't really listen to stuff like that here. Mm. Like, okay. You, you go into, like, the, um, the South. Yeah. It get, you know what I'm saying? It like, get um, different. Play stuff like that here. It's fire. So I kind of that's not our shit. <laughs> it's worked regionally, you know. So you know, I'm locked and loaded. The album done. I got feet. I got puff on the album. Nick Banks, Kerry Hilson, Damn. Thug. Um, I had a bunch of people. So the label like, oh, we need another record, like Pop Champagne. I'm like. It's only one pop champagne. There's <laughs> only one. So now, you know, I'm on the roll heavy. And like, ah, now, you know, now I gotta break my brain. Cause now a deal, you're thinking a deal is like, no, we family is buddy buddy. It's like, no, what are you doing to keep the lights on in the building? What's the next hit record? So now you on the pressure. So I'm like, ah, mm. so man, the friends and they got this joke going around, like, yo, give me twenty dollars. Man, you talking <laughs> all night. You talking out all night. twenty dollars, man. Feet. I say, yo, that's kinda of fire. If I could turn that into a record, this is this wow. is I go come home off tour. Ah, no wife in the club, give me twenty dollars. It rings off, dang. That's the great. Label, the label don't understand. Hmm. Like, yo, this record ringing off. Like, you know, it went from shows declining a little bit to picking right back up because okay. was bodying all the clubs. Yeah. Then I had the remix with me, Mace, Jim, Nikki, OJ, Rest in Peace, Shorty Lowe's on his joint. 
I'm like, this record, this remix is crack. Yeah. They ain't get it. Most get it. And they, they usually don't, because they, they're not in the streets watching the buzz go through. They don't hear that. Yeah, they didn't get it. I'm like, you know, they was like, hey, what you want to do? You could stay or you could... I'm like, I'm out of here. Yeah. Right. I'm like, what? What are you doing? I'm like, I'm out, yo. Now, I, I said that because I came from an independent world already. Like, I worked Pop Champagne up to get a deal. So I already knew how to operate independently. So I wasn't scared to go back independent. I'm like, I'm not scared. I'm going to go. Like, if y'all don't believe, why would I stay somewhere if y'all don't believe what I'm doing? Mm-hmm. So all that, that's what it was. I just felt like at a certain point, they didn't believe in what I was doing. And I just felt like, well, I believe in it. So I went independent, paid for my own money out of my pocket to do the $20 video and spike it's regular for me. What did you What did you learn from um, from being on the major, your major label experience that was able to help you with Eat the Boy Records? What did I learn? I don't know. I don't know really. I feel like not the science of a major. I was. I felt like I was on an indie when I was twelve with Cat. Right. Operating a. Uh, a label at this time. I'm young, so I'm soaking it all in. So I knew some, you know, somewhat of how to, you know, be independent. When I got to a major, major just, you know, they could just make the phone call me and it's done. Like, you know. Mm. Versus you, like, uh, have to get your own team to make phone calls. Yeah. And, you know, this is worldwide. When you indie, you you don't got access to everything, bro. <laughs> you local as shit when you're in, you boy. <laughs> so, so, you know, the, the, the major, you know, the major gets you major things, man. And he gets you the indie things. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. I'm sure you probably appreciate not having the red tape. When you're in, you don't, you don't got yeah, that red it, tape. It, it's kind of foul, too, because they kind of dictate what you do. Like, I remember um, Havoc called me, and I'm like, yo, He's like, yo, uh, did you get you on get on this record? I'm like, yo, let's go. I'm a fan at the end of the day. Like, that fall is, I'm signed. I'm a fan. Like, mm-hmm. y'all put this icons to me. And the label's like, man, you're not clearing that. Wow. What? You're not clearing this? What do you mean? It's Mob D. Nah, we don't think it's, it's appropriate. Uh, yeah. Cut. And that threw me off. I'm like, oh, this is different. You know, they kind of dictate what can come out and what can't come out. Yeah, like, that's fine. Um, so I thought, oh, this is, oh, okay. Yo, that you, might be, yeah, you know bro. What the, the irony of that is that you, that you did all the work on your own to get to that point, and they, tr- they, they sought you out because of the work that you did on your own, and, and then sign you and be like, nah, we want to control yeah. that creative process. That's how I felt. I'm like, y'all don't want to get behind twenty dollars. I said, this joint crazy. Yeah, that's, that's, that's yeah. like it's still like a break beat that people play. Yeah, I said, and I got the remix with Nicki Minaj, Mace. They ain't get Mace in a long time. Jim on there, Shorty. I'm like, y'all bugging like this. This, this is. So would you? Would you would you say is the, would you say that's the reason why originality and authenticity is so rare? 
is because it's controlled? Yes. Yeah. Now, that's why a lot of things sound manufactured and... Right, they sound the same. Yes, it's manufactured. You know, if somebody's like, nah, that's not the record, and you know in your heart, like, yo, this is the record. It's but the bomb, right. The golden is like, nah, this is not the record. <laughs> what do you mean? Like, this is from the heart right here. They gonna feel this. Nah. And then you like, huh. But me, I was just... Stand for something or fall for anything. So yeah. when you they know, gave me to leave, I was just like, I'ma leave. Yeah. It's it's easy because they don't have they, their their investments from a financial standpoint, they don't have the sweat equity in terms of creativity. So yeah. they in the lab creating with you, the passion is not there. They just looking at like, you know, from a financial standpoint, do it make sense? And the irony of it again goes back to like if a person got this far and got on your radar. You gotta be able to say like, yo, they clearly they know how to. They, they know, know what they're doing. Know what they're doing. If you're an executive and you hanging out in the hood and you with clubs every day, and then I could kind of be like, alright. And you're exactly like, yo, that joint's trash. You be like, alright, yeah, you is kind of outside. But if you're not, if you going from the crib to the office, you're not touching the people, you're not outside, you're not mingling. How you gonna feel this record? Yeah, yeah. Prime example is you think about like record labels, record labels now, they not in terms of like working a record, yo, they probably getting on YouTube, see who got the buzz on YouTube, who's social media ringing off. That's it. Mm-hmm. That's the blueprint. They they look at your social media handle and look at the traffic you draw. I'm like, oh, we need that guy. No, no matter what you singing or selling, as long as you can draw that traffic, that's what they want, man. For the buck, a lot of that is pump fake too. Right. That's that's not a break. Break. Yeah, don't act like we don't know what's going on. A lot of numbers be getting twisted, like, stop. <laughs> so let's get back to the authenticity and, and, and talented people. Like, right. That's what I'm talking about. That's what, I'm, that, that's what good music, that's where good music came from. That's why in our era, no one sounded alike. One of my favorite MCs is Sadat X. Because of his offbeat, on-beat flow and his voice cadence is 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 unmatched. Almost like hearing Q-tip. Ain't nobody gonna sound like Q-tip. You know what I'm saying? You need that authenticity, man. Talk about Shake Nation. How did that come about? Um, Shake Nation came about. I wasn't. I, I got lost in my sound for a while. I ain't know. I I kind of didn't know where I was going with my sound, and I was uh. So I said, let me get back to this party music. I did, I did, um, She Don't Like Me, right? Because She Don't Like Me with Remy on there. Shout out to Remy. And, um, the kids on the internet would just send me clips of them dancing to it. I'm like, oh, that's fire. So then I'm in a space. I'm like, no, nah, I'm trying to, this, this next record's for the adults. Now right. I'm in a, it was a joint called El Chapo, and they came again, going crazy. So I'm like, fine. Let me just assemble a team. So when I go out or, or when I make records, y'all gonna get crazy with me. So that's right. That's dope. That's dope. So I picked out the kids that I thought was fire and put them together, and we just started a movement, doing records, yeah. bringing them I got. I, I mean to cut your wisdom. I was gonna ask you is. is Little dude, Ty Cash on your team? Shorty, nice, yo. I like Ty Cash. He gets busy, son. He gets busy. Yeah, 
had two songs to attack, but I don't like to attack it. So yeah, yeah I just uh, we just had a bunch of fun and people received them well. Mm. What's right. your What's your creative process look like? You know, when you um producing and and recording, like, are you somebody who, you know, you you sit down, you make a beat with an artist in mind, or? You know, like, I know there's some people that's like, yo, I'm locking myself in the basement. I'm locking myself in the studio. I ain't leaving until I make five beats today. What's, what's your creative process look like? Um, at first, I used to do that. Like, at first, I used to mock artists in my brain. Like, oh, oh, I think I, I can hear Nas on this, or I can hear Banks on this. I used to make beats inspired by different, like, texture of voices, you know what I'm saying? Um, my inspiration now is just how I'm feeling. Right. Like, feeling That's the like, best way, right there. How you feeling? Feeling like I'm making party beats today. I'm making them. I feel like I'm making boom back. I feel like I'm making soul. It's, it's, it's whatever how I'm feeling that day. Pretty much. But I'm, I'm really inspired. I'm really inspired by the 90s and the golden age. Right. That's yeah, that's Hope alive. For the golden down the life. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, brother. Thank you for taking the baton and wanting to do it. <laughs> yeah, that's music to Rob's ears right there. Yeah, I try to keep the feel of the golden. I'm such a big fan. Like I'm a I'm a big Biggie fan. I'm a big ready to die, life after death fan, like far as production. Right. Just like you, you was able to do like Big round dawn, slow beats, fast beats, soul food. Yeah. <laughs> like it was so you could do it. People were doing artists were doing everything in the golden era. That just was just fly. So I try and keep that um I hold on to the last bit of it, like building. <laughs> oh man. So like, if you listen to the Christian five, it's very yeah, that's what I was going to say. Your, your boom bap is different. It's like refreshing hearing it. That's yeah. why I like cough up, cough up the ice. I'm like, I can fuck me put this in my playlist because I'm going to hear this again. I'm going to hear this one more time. That whole, that whole project, that whole project, though, like, you can see, you got, yo, from an independent standpoint, yo, your body of work is crazy. Like, your work ethic is, is, is sick. You got mad projects out, but on the Christening 5, to me, like, listening to, like, all your projects, you can see the progression from a yeah. producer and from a rapper. Like, when I was listening to the tracks on the Christian 5, I'm like, oh, okay, yo, Ron Brown's is spitting, spitting now. Oh, yeah. Like, this, he, he rhyming before he producing at this point. You <laughs> catch on on the Christian 5, if you go to Christian 1 and Christian 2, you'll be like, oh, I get it. Mm -hmm. So now I think people are paying attention more to like, oh, he got a pen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, got something, he got something to say, sir. <laughs> you know you know what that comes from though? That comes from like you I mean you gotta know that if you open the door, you know, you your introduction to the world, the, your first records is Ebonics and Ether and stuff like that, people gonna always look at you as a producer first before no. they be like, yo, this dude's a rapper. That's that's where it get crazy because some people know me after Pop Champagne. Wow. I know I did Ether or Ebonics. They'd be like, you did Ebonics? I'd be like, yeah. And those those are dudes that plugged in with the night with 90s hip hop that don't realize and know that? A lot of people don't know, man. Damn, they be lost. 
They 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 didn't know you was Uptown Kid Zebra, huh? Nah, they, they don't know that. You got they don't know that. That's that's back in the days right there. That's the 90s right there. The 90s right there. Man. That's dope, man. So with everything uh, that's going on with like even like the just the, the shift from majors consolidating to now everything being about independence, why do you think there's some artists that are still reluctant to be independent? You know, a lot of people don't know how to be independent. Like, you gotta really be... On your game, bro. You know? just people doing everything for you, you're gonna be, you're gonna be scared to be in. You're gonna be scared. Like, I gotta make the phone, yo. I gotta get the artwork done. I gotta make the email. I gotta upload it. And it's so easy to be indie now. You get to make your, you know, get your artwork done, get uploaded, you upload it. Sure. I can do a song tonight, upload it as on iTunes. Mm-hmm. I think that's, that's, that's amazing. Yeah, cut the middleman out. If, if you don't know how, if you don't know the beauty of that, you're going to be scared of it. So some, some people are just used to people just doing stuff for them. Yeah. I mean, you got yeah. a spirit, though, where, yeah. like, yo, I want to cut the middleman out. Like, why am I giving this dude this cut when I can go direct to consumer? <laughs> yeah, like, like you said, if you really got a hustling spirit, and you said, yo, I got, yo, you got mad singles. Yeah. I'm here. Yeah, bro. son, that's how I was like. <laughs> yeah, man. Yo, give me all that. Give me all that, son. So who haven't, who haven't you worked with that you would love to sit down and collaborate with. Uh, it changed Just from a from a sonic perspective, like you said, you like a textural voice. Definitely, you know, you might like it. Definitely Rick Ross. Probably because I didn't get a chance to work with Big. That would be great. Kind of like that 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 voice. I think that'd be. Something. That would be great. Yeah. Hopefully, hopefully, hopefully that somebody listen to this, man. That'll be dope. I can hear that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, I don't know, man. I got probably, probably so many out there. I, I, I can name. I would like to hear you with one of my favorite MCs is Black Thought. I don't know how how that how that would come come across. But your boom bap, <laughs> that boom bap shit that you on, son, that can catch that can catch that catch thoughts in. Like, yeah. what's that, son? I can I can I can rock on that. Cause even even the joint, um, one one of the joints that Demetrius shared at me, No Tomorrow with Mook on there. That joint right there is a nice joint, B. Fire. That That's fire, super fire right there. That's, That's what I'm talking about. A little bit ahead of the time. Right. Ross, it's something about Rick Ross that I've, I've always appreciated that I think Rick Ross got like, what he don't have in lyricism, and I like him as a rapper, what he don't have in lyricism, he makes up in like his beat picking. Yeah. Like yeah. that, that dude, yeah. he, could, he could pick a beat, yo. He could, he could probably executive produce yeah. a lot of people's projects on the low because his beat picking is good. Yo, a lot of people mm-hmm. pick beats. Yeah, you know, because people making songs not a lot of people only making songs I think only for themselves instead of thinking about what other people want to hear too. Like yo, ah, like when I hear rap, I'm like ah, why you just let me? Do? I would have. <laughs> right. Wait, get you right. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
Yo, Nas was accused of that for, for a long time too, though. His, his Hell yeah, he would pick some whack shit. I'm like, what are you doing? I don't even sound like you. <laughs> but, and, and, there was a lot of A&Rs back then too who were feeding the artists, you know, beats as well. Right. But at one point, G Unit would take the names off of the beat CDs. That's smart. So, be focused mainly on the sound, not who did it or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I and I was getting a lot of work around that time when they did that because the, the joints just stood out. You know what I mean? Right. So up around that time, like you really had to it be war, like me up with five dudes coming to get on the <laughs> deck. Like I hope you got some beat, but I got some beat would be big. You know what I mean? It, it, it was dope. Yeah. Yeah. The producers around that time are doing it like that. Yo, that's, that's yeah. you know, smart about that is that then people are listening, you listening for sound, you listening for quality, you're not just looking at name. Yeah. You know, yeah. like, because there's some right. that'd be like, yo, you mean to tell me Timberland, Timberland produced this and it should be nothing but a bunch of hi hats. <laughs> somebody, you know, somebody else that came in, maybe like, yo, but Tim produced the hi hats, you know, so nah, that's, that's, yo, that's a good method. I, I, I would imagine that's something that 50 probably created too. Yeah, yeah, he did. Yeah. yeah, I heard an interview, man. You, you you like working with Banks? Yeah, but I was I was just listening to that Banks uh, mixtape not too long ago too, just to get that. Yeah, like one of those mixtapes he got. I think it's probably like the best of Banks. Mm. It just gets it just puts you on a you know that zone and the bars and it just it gets you it gets you in so much of New York. Mode. Right. Yeah. His last project, I don't think, got the. Uh, I mean, like, for, for rappers, rap, or he's like a rapper's rapper, so he got credibility in, and people really liked it that that listened to lyricism, but for some reason, a lot of people, like, I guess, like, mainstream didn't embrace it, but that was a hell of a project. Uh, major independent. If it was on a major scale, there'd be more awareness. Mm hmm. Yeah, that's true. I wish I would have did some joints on that joint too, as well. But uh, are you trying to are you trying to link back with um to possibly do something with him in the future? Yeah, of course. I, you know, all of everybody know how to when they need that, that crack. They know what <laughs> they know where the deal is at, son. They know what block you on. Until then, he'll be going on the christenings, man. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, we had we had um bath date on not too long ago and he was talking about your bath date said that y'all gonna be working on something. Yeah, shout out to Bath Gate, yeah. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. I like Bath Gate a lot. Yo, who should we be who should we be checking for other than yourself coming out of Harlem right now? Who who is it that we don't know about that's on the on the come up? Um, I like Ray Mula. Yeah. Um Shout out to Billboard. She's a female. She's on one of Clay K Slay records right now. Billboard from Harlem. Billboard fire. If you don't got no bars, she she gonna try and outwrap you on a record, bitch. <laughs> um, and you don't want to get smoked by no girl, you know. <laughs> get slapped up by chicks, son. Smoke me on the Harlem, 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 Harlem. Um, you ever work with Smoke Dizzle? Yeah, smoke. Smoke is nice. I don't smoke, smoke. Every long time. Very I don't smoke. Smoke is nice, yo. I fuck with smoke. 
Well, even, though, even though you smoke a lot of weed, because I do too, but I fucks with smoke. T Rex, T Rex brought him to me years ago. Mm. Rex was just cool, all of them. So I'm, I'm glad the progression is. Right. Because I, I watched all of them come up. Yeah. What are your What are your thoughts on um, you know, like the URLs and uh, when you look at the Rex, K Shines, Mooks, Lux. I'm tuned in. I'm tuned in this Saturday. In. How about that? This Saturday they got gotta go. I'll be locked in, you know. Yeah. It's raw, authentic, it's witty. It's it's dope. I, 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 you know, a lot of people don't know that, but I'll be locked in. All of them. I love the evolution of where it came from when you look at those those old battles with J Mills and Mook in front of the state building to now they on stages and dudes is getting 30 grand a battle and it just goes to show like you know what to me it's, it's a lane for everybody to do something in hip hop. And that was what's funny is around our time it was real awkward because Mook is my guy. Shout out to my man Derek. My man Derek got be my first lawyer. He's in it. Um, Shout out to Derek. Yeah. Mook and Mills was my guy. So it was weird at that, at that time. <laughs> uh, it's like, yo, you working with Yo. <laughs> it, they didn't know, like, Mills had a deal, so it was, it was, you know, we doing business with Mills. Like, this is... Mills was killing people around Harlem. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, shout out to Mills. I did who for Mills. And um, bring it back. Bring it back with JD Kiss, yeah. That was a dope front too. Mills, Mills was on fire. He was killing people. Yo, the, the legendary battle is when he um killed homeboy from what? Damn, I always forget the dude's name. With in the battle, he's like, "Yo, big in my trouble or what?" Yeah, Sai Castro. Sai Castro. Mills. Mills versus Sai Castro. That was that was a crazy battle. And then of course the Mills and Mook battle was um was crazy. But my I classic. think it's dope to see them to, to to see that you know how battle rappers evolved and. You know, like, yeah. the production value of battle rap, like, from seeing it on the camera, the smack camera, and now you're watching it on pay-per-view, and you're like, damn, like, yo, this is in 4K. I was at, I was at the Rex in the concert room, too, like, I was there. That's a good battle. Like, the beat, the beat there would be funny, too, like, just to absorbing all the energy and all that. <laughs> <laughs> I can imagine. Watching on YouTube, I'd be like, if I was there, I'd probably lose my mind, you know? Yo. Is it, weird energy, man, it's, it's almost like, is something gonna happen? Something gonna pop off. Something yo, gonna pop off. Yo, look at the terminology, though, that you hear in battle rap. Like, people be like, yo, he won on camera, but this person won in the building. Yeah. <laughs> it's real technical now. I'd be, I'd be there like, nah, this, I could, like, nah, this do one. It's funny how, you know, two people have two different perspectives. Perspective. Mm -hmm. right. He's like, nah, he lost. It's just how you perceive the balls from each dude, you know? That's one of the things that early on used to drive me crazy about battle rap, because it was like, everything was debatable. Nah, it's just debatable, <laughs> debatable. I'm like, damn, like, yo, why are we having battles and nobody ever win? Unless somebody get 3-0, they get body bagged, then you're like, nah, you lost. This, this dude lost. But yeah. everything was debatable. <laughs> if it was winner take all, you'd be, be a lot, yo, that'd be a loss, baby. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, that that some of that stuff just be like you be like, damn, like yo, it's, it's how you call it, it's debatable. You be like, come on now, hey. I mean, I don't know. I, I just again, like yo, I think it's something dope for the culture. And even with like now seeing like artists step back in and throw their hat in the ring, like the Cassidy's and stuff like that, like 
you could tell it's a different lane. Like Cassidy is coming in. Cassidy got bars, but Cassidy don't got the schemes and the wordplay like these dudes. And you know, and maybe they can't make a song like him. So it's just isn't it, battle rap is intriguing, and I think battle rap is gonna continue to grow even more. Like my thing with battle rap though is I think that the one thing they gotta figure out is how to get better crowd management to optimize and get more out of the, the show. Like is this that have the that have 75 million people on stage. On stage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the crowd. <laughs> Keep it like that because that was how it was when he was outside. Mm, it right. They want your boy to be like, yeah, yo, that was crazy. They want to say, you know, to keep that same authenticity and that, that energy. It's good though, but it, it go left though when you get dudes get up and snuffing each other and. It <laughs> <laughs> yeah. turned crazy in there, yo. Yeah. Part of it. It's kind of part of it. Because mm. some people felt like, you know, the quarantine battles were boring. They were subdued. They were definitely subdued. Yeah, so so people like, nah, bring back the crowd, man. Yeah, they were def they were definitely subdued. You know, I'm I'm not gonna find Yo, speaking of um that this um Miss Hustle too, Harlem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Miss Hustle was nice too. Yeah, she, she got boss. Yo, so we um last week we was talking, and I don't know if you heard on the radio on Hot 97. I think Peter Rosenberg, Ebro, um they had was it Styles and and Havoc up there for the album, and they was talking about. New York sound, and they were saying the like, quintessential what is New the York record? sound song. What is the record that defines New York sound that you could go to any state and play it, and people be like, "Yo, New York." That's that New York shit. Shoot ones. That's what everybody is. Everybody. That's it. Ones. That's I'm, it. Yo, I was saying quiet storm, down quiet storm, any up, and I also said maybe hate me now. Yeah, all those records, but you know, shook ones. You like, all right. Just... <laughs> yeah, yeah. I knocked it out the park right there, man. Shook, yo, your party right here. <laughs> somebody, somebody, yo, who shot you? Yeah, yo, somebody probably in, in, in Omaha, Nebraska, probably got stabbed in their back and shook ones. The Benjamin, the Benjamins too. The Benjamins is definitely a New York sound. The Benjamins is definitely. The Benjamins became like worldwide, but it definitely. But that's not like boom bap. It's kind of like yeah, it's kind of party for that. Yeah, party. It's party. It's party. Yeah, pretty, pretty party. How about that? <laughs> Yo, ether has now became a a, a verb. Like you look, look, think of a prior to prior to that song out. How often do you hear anybody talking about ether? Now it's just a, it's a common phrase. Yo, dude, got ether. Yo, I'm about yeah. to hit him with the ether and this, that. Like, what what does it mean to you to be a part of something of that magnitude? Yo, when I be seeing them put it behind politics, like when the politicians be going back and forth and it be the clips with the beat. <laughs> that changing it. That beat came probably from pure angriness, too. Mm. Just wanting to get, to get out. Like, you know what I'm saying? When you trying to just, you in Harlem, you trying to like, I'm trying to get out, B. So I probably was angry one day, like, yeah. <laughs> that was the of it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I was pretty like, I'm feeling angry. I'm feeling angry too. And Yo, you know, know, like, yo, you, you said earlier, you was like, yo, that was like one of the couple of beats that you played for everybody 
usually yeah. people that we talk to when they when they have like hit records or songs that they produce they be like yeah that was a beat that i wasn't really even feeling that somebody told me to keep or the throwaway yeah, yeah yo, the that, yo, you knew early on it was like this is gonna be one of the ones yeah because at that time new york beats were had strings in it it was like who had the treacherous strings in it? so you know I thought that was a unique way of using the strings and a drum pattern and, and, and stuff like that. So I'm like, this this beat is tough, but it's something unique about it. Mm. Like it wasn't fast, it was mid, it's a mid tempo. So that's why was, the tempo was so uh, slow paced, it was able for us to talk on it. Yeah. Hear everything because of the tempo, the strings were piercing. So it was, it was just a, a marriage, honestly. Yeah, that shit was, that record was scathing. I'll tell you this, yo, if I was you, the first time you played in the studio, I'd probably be like, yo, that's crazy. The second time you played, I'd probably be like, damn, yo, I ain't never gonna be able to get a record to Jay after this. I <laughs> <laughs> like after this one. Uh, I, felt, <laughs> I definitely felt like that, though. But I was like, this is, it's, it's like, but I said, they probably Jay probably feel away or like because of the FJZ intro. Mm -hmm. Like yo, that producer sat there. You gotta get allowed that shit to happen. Fuck that nigga too. Like ran the Nas like yo, let's get this joint. I got the Tupac skin at the beginning. It's crazy. Kill him. But that was that what happened. You know, I just gave him the beat, and when I came to the studio, I heard. I was like, oh man. Here we go. So you I'm knew it, so once, once, you, once you heard the sample, you knew what was coming. Yeah, I was like, oh, this is different right here. Oh man. <laughs> who was yo, who was who was in the room with who was in the room with y'all the first time he played it for you? They were, you know, he was by himself. It was me, just me, him and the engineer. He already like he like he was ready. Damn. Ready. And I'm when I let this record go, it was lit. And how no, long? A whole bunch of dudes, no nothing. It was him and fruit. He eating fruit like yo play. <laughs> I'm about to kill. Like I'm in kill mode. Y'all in kill mode, yeah. And they got it lined up already. Yeah, like yeah, so, so how long how long from him playing it for you to you hearing it played in the streets? It was like a week later. Damn. So wow. you so you was walking around with that on the wrap, so you was walking around like, yo, wait till y'all hit the joint I did for now. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it was it was probably like that. Sunday or something, or Saturday or Sunday, and then he dropped it probably like a Monday or Tuesday, something, something like that. It was close. So I remember telling him, oh, man. I think I left the, the, the studio like, what the? Like, this is really happening right now? The whole record about this guy. <laughs> you know, Jay popped at that time. I'm like, oh. Yeah. And then, and then he puts it out. And you probably you tell did you tell people yo I yo I did that joint or people yeah. knew you did it? Yeah, I got the tattoo, he threw my neck. And then the probably afterwards the two-way probably went crazy because it was two ways back then, the two-way probably lit up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was and the day that the city shut down, I was getting crazy phone calls. Yo, look what you did! <laughs> you started a war. <laughs> man. Nah, that's dope, man. That's dope. To spin it. When Jay dropped Death of Auto Tune, people was calling me, yo, Jay got a record about you, right? <laughs> yo, turn on the radio, Jay-Z dissing you. I'm like, wait, what's going on? Like, what? 
you know, heard the record like, I don't know, is he? Yeah. Taking shots at you, huh? Possibly. Yo, the um the last real joint though, that was that was a dope record too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I love that record. Yeah. You know about that record? It's a kick. The kick from the kick in Last Real is the kick from One Love. All right. Like I said, put the kick from One Love. That's the kick mm. in that joint. Damn. That's yeah. Fun. That's what's up. I know you probably was like, yo, every time, yo, every time I get this dude a beat. It gotta be about something about this man. <laughs> no, the the it didn't last real was an accident. Like back then, like if making beats, it was manual, so you got the keyboard and you got a certain sound. And if you hit something by accident, the whole sound changed. Mm. And then I heard I was like, man, this way sounds kinda cool. You put it on the beat CD. And it became last real. Mm. How you feel? How you feel about streaming? How music is being administered to the public today? Oh, you just gotta adapt. That's pretty much about it. Yeah, it's evolution, man. Things change every fifteen to twenty years. But I did like the checks were bigger <laughs> when it was physical. Mm. And then when it was physical CDs and all that, but now that's changed. So you just gotta adapt. That's why I see all them singles I put out. My nigga. Yeah, you're amazing. I, I've been through a lot of catalogs, and, I, and it just said singles. I'm like, geez, let's keep going down. Like, that too? He did everything, son. Does this guy sleep? Does he go to sleep? <laughs> a wise man told me, he was like, bro, you just gonna keep him in your computer? I said, you right, because then you, and, and Mayno told me this a long time. He's like, yo, you can't fall, you can't have a relationship with your songs. Like some people are like, yo, I'm gonna wait to Yeah. I'm gonna hold this now the right time. Hey, you ask me how old the girl, this record two years old. Yeah. You better put that yeah, record. Yeah. It's gonna be old by the time you put that out. So you can't get in a relationship with your songs. Like you put it out. Yeah, you gotta let it go. Yo, that's, 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 yo, that's a good piece of advice right there, because artists to be artists created for people to consume it. Yeah, but some people like, yeah, I'm gonna hold this for the right time. Next year, the next year, nah, next year, and the next, you be like, this record, 10 years old. The record dated, don't even sound. Old style, yeah. sonically, everything has changed, and it's, it's, it's a wrap after that. Has, has, the, um, has the recording industry figured out the splits that's associated with streaming yet? Is that why the um, the physical copy sale checks are better? I think we all get jerked. I'm hearing that a lot, man. What's the stream, man? We all get jerked. We don't know, man. Unless we audit these companies. Yeah. yeah. I, I, yo, we, we had a whole discussion. It's a quarter. <laughs> Like two million streams, fifty cents. Like what? <laughs> How's that happening? You, your CD fourteen ninety nine, and you sell a million of them. I know how, what that is. Mm-hmm. Right. Like yo, two million streams is one dollar. So I got a stream twenty billion. In order to get see a decent check. Yeah. So, so crook, you know, man. What? And that tells me how much the record label, the record label probably just because artists haven't caught up with it. Yet the record label probably eating 
Like, yeah. like the same way they was eating off the physical copies before yeah. and all the other things. I don't know about this right here. You know, yeah. you know it's, it's, it's weird, man. I, I, I don't know. Yeah. People try to send you those bits. Like I'm telling you, 5,000 streams is $2 and 10 million is <laughs> $1,000, yeah. Somebody probably made that up, wow. Yep. <laughs> Yo, the formula to calculate just your splits is probably what they call that joint, the Pythagorean Theorem. <laughs> <laughs> just some sort of algebra, right? Some form of trigonometry all, shit. You know, all kind of variables and everything in there to get to you get, hey, you get $50 and the label get $50 million. Yeah, and it'd be different. So, all, like, all three of us drop a record and... Is it eight, like if I stream 10 million, you stream, are we gonna get the exact same check? Right. It doesn't It doesn't matter how long it's being streamed, is it someone listening for 30 seconds or the whole song? Like, where, where do you where do you divide that out at? Yeah, it's, a, it's a racket, it's definitely a racket, man. It finished us with Yeah. Then, hopefully though, hopefully eventually they'll get to the point where they'll be able to calculate you know, to actually calculate how streams work. Cause I keep hearing different terminology, like, you know, a stream constitutes a record played for X amount of time or record played in its entirety. And the formulas is so crazy. Like nobody's been able to, I've never heard anybody articulate what actually constitutes Me a stream. Right. It's a lost sauce right now. Yeah. But then people are putting out music constantly. Mm-hmm. But they said, who's, who determined that? So somebody had to be and said, you're taking one stream is this a half a penny. <laughs> At the board meeting, they came they up. They made that, right, they made that law. Whoever, yo, whoever's profiting is who determine it. Either the, either the record label or the streaming service is, is the ones that's eating on the strength of it. And of course, leaving the, leaving the artists out, you know, that's, that's sadly, that's the way the business goes. Like we have plenty of people come on the podcast and always tell us about how just the business of actually the music business can sometimes get people, you know, it deters them from wanting to even make music. You know, there's some people that's like, yo, they love creating, but when it comes to the business aspect of it, it just turns, them, them, it. turns them off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know people like that too. Like, uh, I ain't feeling like that. Yo, you know what's another thing though? Why not? All right, so we figured out that now the streaming route is direct to consumer and cutting the record label out. Why not go direct from your website to the person and then even cut the streaming service out. Do that. Bandcamp, right? You do that with Bandcamp, right? Mm-hmm. Isn't that what Nipsey did? He, Nipsey was going hand to hand. Nipsey was doing like the Master P joint selling his CD for $100. Yeah, I'm about to get some CDs printed. <laughs> Yo, good luck finding somebody with a CD player, though. <laughs> well, yeah, like, yo, that's that. Don't, don't just look around. No, vinyl. You know, people still sell vinyl. Vinyl's big. People still sell vinyl, that's right. Yo, vinyl and cassettes, too. But that's, see, that, those are the things I think that artists have to look at. Like, there are other untapped sources. Of, or when you go overseas and you look at what the money looked like overseas for vinyl, tapes, probably CDs, and torn and stuff like that, and merch. You know, like, those are ways yeah. for artists to, to get money without the record label getting in the pockets, but the major labels be hitting people with the 360 deals where they want piece of everything. The, yo, them record labels is like King of New York, Frank White, a dope deal, Don Bags on the Park, they want in. I want half, son. I want some of that. The website is the, that is the ultimate goal right there. Mm-hmm. Hell yeah, me to cut out everybody. Like, you send me that, 
that dollar and I email you the song. Like, yep. I mean, I know I got my whole dollar. <laughs> and there ain't no stream. Yeah. Yeah. That's the, that's the way to do it. That's that's true to me. True direct to consumer and yeah. cut them out. You know, but I'm sure like once once artists start doing more of that, they'll they'll figure out some way to try to tap in all the pockets. But it just seems like the system is rigged, bro. What's the what system ain't rigged, man? Every goddamn system is rigged in this damn country, son. Like you said, though, it just takes the extra step of putting it on a website. Mm-hmm. Right. That's the part of being indie or having a team, you know, do it for you. Yeah. Yeah, so what's what's uh what's next for Ron Browse? What can we look out for? Um Definitely some more, you know, production for artists, um, developing artists. Um, a few all shout out to my man Maddie. Maddie's on the check, and you know he got a project coming out. We got we got a project out too. Um, just developing more talent, more beats, more you know what I mean. Just more my my energy into the game. You know? Right. Like, you we know, need that. I bring a lot as far as, you know, creativity and just, like I said, champion the sound. Like, yo! We need go. that. Yeah. We need that. You know what I'm saying? Game so, that. Yeah. Yo, well, appreciate you, man. Thanks for pulling up and having this conversation with you. With, uh, with us, man. That, yo, this was, this was dope. And thanks for being honest. Yo, let me ask you one question before we let you go. The producer, you ain't got to give his name, but the producer who was doing the tracks, when you was in the group, did they did they ever actually end up becoming like a big name producer where they made tracks for other people? No. Okay. All right. So that explains why the stuff he was listening to <laughs> was like none of this fire. Well, that was It would have been no inspiration. <laughs> Yo, thank you everybody for tuning in to the No Ideas Original podcast. Make sure you follow No Ideas Original. Make sure you follow Rob Browse. Check out our YouTube channel. Peace out. Yo, you want to give any shout-outs before you bounce? No, shout-out to everybody who's been supporting since day one. Man, just make sure y'all download the Christian and Five. Dope album. Peace yeah, out. get that, man. <laughs> cough up that ice, nigga. Yo, Derek, get the Christian and Five, man. Yeah, cough up that ice, Derek. <laughs> Peace, bro.